Welcome to Season 3 of Sacred Teachings. This season we are talking about dismantling racism. The murder of George Floyd in the United States has become a catalyst for change. Black Lives Matter is a rallying cry as people become aware every single day of the atrocities committed against black people, indigenous people, and other people of color. Racism, sad to say, is alive and well in Canada. Our first podcast is a conversation, a necessary conversation, about racism as sin. Sometimes when we hear the word sin, it takes us back to childhood. Some of us were taught that saying a swear word or taking something that didn't belong to us is a sin. We did not understand that sin is the breaking of a sacred relationship between us and the Creator. It is a separation from the Creator and the Creator's love. Each life is sacred to the Creator, and we are all created in the image of the Creator. Hatred and racism rupture that sacred trust. They dishonor the Creator and ourselves. Stay with us for Racism as Sin. Ona. Hello, I'm Ryan Weston, the animator for Public Witness with the Anglican Church of Canada. I'm here with Archbishop Linda Nichols, Primate of the Anglican Church, and Archbishop Mark MacDonald, the National Indigenous Anglican Archbishop. We've just heard from the Reverend Canon Ginny Doctor talking about sin as a disruption of our relationship with the Creator. Archbishop Linda, how do you define sin? Thank you, Ryan. Yes, I, when I think of sin, I think as a child, I thought of sin as, you know, those things you do wrong, you know, the things that are the actions and the words that are bad. But as an adult, I've come to realize how deep sin goes in our lives. And particularly because it's not about the actions, it's about the result of those actions that breaks relationship with God and relationship with neighbor. It breaks the primary commandments, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And whenever we break either of those, we've broken both. And so sin goes really, really deep in that. And I was reminded in preparing a sermon recently of um, the letter to First John, of First John. When the author writes, how can you say you love God when you hate a sister or a brother? And how can you say you love God whom you have not seen when you hate a sister or brother whom you have seen? And so racism breaks those relationships, but breaks the relationship with the creator who's created all of humankind as something beautiful and diverse and a gift to the whole. And so when we, uh, when we break that chip, we've broken relationship with God. We need to pay attention to what that means. And so I, I do find it so puzzling to, to look around and see the ways in which people find to denigrate, 
to deny our common humanity, to treat one another with such disdain, um, with such violence, and claim that they are Christian or that they are good or that this is just fine. Uh, it just boggles my mind. And I see it as a profound break of relationship with the creator and relationship with neighbor. Archbishop Mark. Yes, <clears throat> I would uh, in very much uh, enthusiastically and even urgently uh, agree with what Archbishop Linda has said. I would, I would add, well, I would add this aspect of it. When people arrive about or, or, or speak about racism, they often will examine their own mind and heart and they'll say, well, I, I, I don't feel any prejudice towards someone. And uh, I think it's because in modern Western society, sin is thought of almost entirely in terms of what an individual does. But there is an aspect of sin that we see uh, in the scriptures and, and I, would, I would point out that many indigenous stories show this other aspect uh, in which uh, sin is done in a, a, a group way, a communal way. In fact, you, you could say that the first sin of, of, of our first parents uh, in Genesis is something that they do together. Uh, we see in other stories about the scriptures, I think most significantly, the story of the making of the golden calf by the, the uh, Israelites as they waited for Moses to come down off the mountain with the law. Uh, this shows an ex example of a communal sin in which um, all the participants and most significantly the guy who made the golden calf uh, uh, can say, I don't have any personal responsibility here. Um, this uh, uh, this aspect of, of the sin of racism, I think, is 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 uh, far-reaching and reaches deep in us. So that um, sin is a is is in addition to the things that have already been said, sin is a perversion of our capacity to see. And Jesus talks an awful lot in the the parables about the importance of how we see things, how we're able to perceive things, and the danger of having our perceptions uh, individually and uh, communally uh, together uh, in, uh, incapable of seeing what, what we're doing and, and the evil impacts it has on other human beings. So the, race, the sin of racism is something that um, many people uh, don't believe they have uh, simply because it is embedded in uh, communal behaviors that aren't examined very much. Archbishop Mark, you are saying that the sin of racism is almost a perversion of the way we see each other. How have you personally experienced the impact of racism? Um, that's an important and a complex question. Um, in, it is um, uh, because of the, the 
way I look and the some of the privileges that I enjoyed, particularly uh, growing up. Um, I never uh, experienced any uh, perceivable negative impacts towards myself until it became known that I was the National Indigenous Bishop, or well, I, sh I shouldn't say before that. And when I was living in Red Lake, uh, I had a, a, a Red Lake uh, tribal plates on my car, and I got pulled over more in the four years that I had those plates than I had in my entire life uh, since then. I, I began to see the kind of uh, oftentimes petty uh, annoyances that uh, that people of, of color and minorities have to put up with from the police. You're constantly being pulled over for God knows what. Since that time, I have uh, often times experienced uh, in in my role as the National Indigenous Bishop um, uh, some what I, what I would call a kind of petty annoyances. Uh, uh, oftentimes, people are surprised that you can speak a, a full sentence. And uh, so the lowered expectations are uh, uh, um, almost to absurd levels are something that you, you deal with on a constant level. I was fortunate at a very early age because, because my father uh, to have shown to me clearly and uh, compellingly the the absolute right of indigenous people to their full humanity um, and so that uh, certainly uh, has always influenced my my thinking and feeling but um, I've, I've also uh, uh, at, at times uh, not understood clearly the the full and free right and also the capacity of indigenous people to become who God intended them to be. And at times I have been blind to the ways in which um, the structures of sin have oppressed and kept uh, people of color uh, in, in, in their place. I, I have at times looked at the consequences of sin and thought, well, this is the responsibility of, of these people who are suffering under it. And uh, I have not understood clearly how things like public policy and uh, um, communal attitudes can uh, infect and uh, uh, make uh, br brutalities, a way of life uh, for for a people, and uh, and and it is uh, with great pain that I look back and I see that there were uh, so many times when I I was also infected by the attitudes and ideas of of racism and. Uh, it's it's to my shame now, but I I, I feel a, a great liberation from that as, as 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 I move on. Archbishop Linda, how have you, as an individual, seen the impact of racism? Well, like Mark, I I 
grew up and am a privileged white settler uh, who has benefited from racism because uh, until I was an adult, I, I just wasn't even aware of the depths of the communal racism that Mark is talking about, the, the systemic ways in which both the country of Canada has embedded those in the way, the whole system, the reservation system, the whole way in which we have treated and understood our relationship with Indigenous peoples. And I'm aware that simply by uh, my name and by my color, that I can go into an interview for a job and never have to worry about the fact that either of those might have been a barrier to getting a job. I think one of the things that began to sensitize me was, and I think one of the things that, that if I had my way, I would insist that everybody has the opportunity to do is to go and live in another culture. Uh, as a young teacher, I lived in India for five years and had to confront all sorts of assumptions that I made about myself, about my culture, about my superiority, about, about so many things. When I lived in a culture where I didn't speak the language, where I was uh, a minority, both religiously and spiritually and, and physically, um, and I had to ask myself, why some of the some of the assumptions I made were right and of course discovered they weren't they were just the things I had grown up with I had been taught I had absorbed through my culture and so for me I think that was one of the first times that I, I sort of came up against uh, assumptions that uh, were rooted in racism I grew up as a child in Alberta and I remember, you know, Cowboys and Indians was played on the playground. And I do not remember, other than the spectacle of the Calgary Stampede, I don't remember hearing anything about Indigenous life, Indigenous history, which was all around us in the city of Calgary. Uh, and so it's only as an adult looking back, I realized how embedded I was in the ways in which uh, history is told by the, quote, winners uh, at the expense of understanding what has been lost and at the expense of understanding how that winning happened, which was racist. Um, so I have benefited from the silence about racism, and that's why we have to speak up. That's why all of us have to take a look at what racism has done to us. And it's not, it cannot be optional. It must be something we are committed to, first and foremost, because we are children of God and because we are committed to the full humanity of everyone. This has been a conversation about the roots of racism. Thank you very much, Archbishop Linda and Archbishop Mark. We will continue our conversation next week as we explore racism in our church. Thank you for listening to Season 3 of Sacred Teachings. Get new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Mimeo, and Podbean. Follow us on Instagram at Canadian Anglican 
and check out our previous episodes on all platforms. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss out, and please spread the word. See you next time.